Hey CEO, I have an important question for you today. Are you running your business or is your business running you? If it's time to get your business in order so you can fully step into your role as a confident, in-control CEO, then I want to invite you to this advanced training series that I'm hosting live on May 20th through May 24th. We're calling it the 90 Day CEO Sustainable Success Series. And over these four days, we're gonna break down our research-backed, client-proven process to help you sustainably scale your business without hustling, without overworking, and without burnout. If you've been winging it in your business, hoping that you'll eventually get caught up and telling everyone in your life that when things calm down, you'll be a real functioning human again, this series is especially for you so that you can reclaim your life as you scale up your business. All you have to do is head over to theceocollective.com slash success and sign up. We can't wait to see you there. These days, it's really easy to believe that your business should be 100% focused on creating passive income or an online course or some sort of digital product. But this past year, I experimented with something completely out of the norm for an online business. I started hosting a one-day event that I called the CEO Retreat. Well, in today's episode, I want to share with you all of the lessons I've learned in the past year hosting what has now become a quarterly one-day planning event that I've been hosting around the country that has now allowed me to serve over 100 women entrepreneurs in person and why I've absolutely fallen in love with hosting these one-day events. Listen in. Welcome to Uncomplicate Your Business. I'm your host, Rachel Cook, and I've spent the last decade helping thousands of women entrepreneurs to design predictably profitable businesses they love with a lifestyle to match. If you're ready to replace hustle and burnout with more freedom, ease, and abundance, then you are in the right place. Each episode, I share how you can keep things simple and strategic to create a successful life and business on your terms. Now, in today's episode, I am pulling back the curtain and sharing behind the scenes all of the lessons learned and what it has taken for me to run what has become the CEO Retreat, a one-day planning workshop to help entrepreneurs really get laser-focused and walk away with a 90-day plan ready to implement. So many amazing nuggets, and it has actually become one of my absolute favorite parts of my business. So I can't wait to dive in and share that with you. But before we do, I want to take just a moment to share a quick listener shout out. When you leave a quick rating and review over in iTunes, where we share this show as a podcast, as well as, you know, over on Facebook live as a live show, when you leave that quick rating and review, it means the world to me. And I promise I read each and every one. So I wanted to share this one from Marcia. She says, I love listening to your podcast every time I get valuable information that helps my business. Very applicable messages that is so simple yet effective. Being a work uh, from mom with three kids, it's not easy, but you make sure that we incorporate the work-life balance, which I love. Thank you so much. Well, Marsha, thank you so much for being a listener and for being a part of this community. I love hearing those words. And that is my goal, that not only are we able to build businesses that we love, but have that life that we really love. And for you, maybe that means being at home with your kids or having the flexibility to pursue other things other than just work. So I love hearing from you and I love hearing how this show has supported you in your entrepreneurial journey. So if you haven't taken a minute to leave a rating and review, make sure you head over to iTunes. Just click the leave a review tab. It really helps us to get this content, this show out in front of more amazing entrepreneurs just like yourself. And who knows, maybe I will feature you in an up coming episode. So today I am digging in and sharing what I have learned hosting the CEO retreat. This is something that I feel like is so against the norm, especially in the types of businesses that are in this world I am in, an online business. Most of us are hearing more and more about hosting membership sites or creating an online course. And I've been doing those things for nearly a decade. I've had courses for over eight, almost nine years now. And while that has been an amazing way to grow my business and allow me to 
live the life I love, give me the flexibility to raise these three little kids while running a business and reaching and serving thousands and thousands of women entrepreneurs, as somebody who started their career in the more traditional consulting world, where I used to go in actually into people's businesses, you know, walk through the door of their office, sit with them face to face, go out for coffee with people. You know, sometimes the thing that we forget about online business is that we lose some of that connection. We lose some of that feeling of relationship that is very, very challenging to duplicate when there's a screen between you and your potential clients. So I decided this past year to do something kind of against the norm in this whole space. And as I've been talking to more and more of my peers, I actually think this is going to be a trend. I think right now, something that I am seeing in businesses that have been around for, you know, five or six or more years in this whole online coaching, online training space is that everybody is craving more connection. Everybody is craving the opportunity to really get to know their clients. And more and more people have been quietly adding events behind the scenes in their business, whether it's events that are attached to a program. So you buy a specific program and there happens to be a one or two day event with that, or they're even just hosting their own conferences or um, standalone events like the CEO retreat. So this all started for me last year even before, you know, I ever announced the, what has become the CEO retreat started in 2017. So I'm going to share a little bit behind the scenes, um, the plan, how we tested this idea of a live event, why we ended up continuing it, what the results were, the lessons learned, and a little bit more about what's next. So let's dive right in and let's start with the plan. Where did this whole thing start? Well, many of you know that since 2017, I have been hosting this live five-day challenge, um, or I should say free five-day challenge called Plan Your Best Year Ever. And if you haven't joined it, by the way, it's still available for you. It is a five-day challenge to actually plan month by month the year ahead. So go ahead and head over to my website at rachelcook.com so that you can sign up and get the five-day challenge plus all of the planning workbooks. So when I created this five-day challenge, one of the things that I kept hearing from people initially is, oh, this is so great. I love having this big picture plan and my goals for the year ahead. And then they would come to me and say, but what's next? I have this plan how do I get started? Or they would come back a few months after creating the plan and say, Rach, I have this plan and I kind of raced into it in January, but by February, I was completely overwhelmed and burned out. And I realized that there was a missing piece of the puzzle. A lot of what we hear about, especially this time of year, you know, November, December, January, are people setting big goals for the year ahead. And while that is fantastic, you know, we should have goals that we're working towards where a lot of people get themselves tripped up is they don't know how to manage that plan. They don't have the strategies and the tools to take those big picture goals and break them down into what they need to be focused on week by week. So while my free challenge helped people map out kind of a month by month plan, what I was seeing is more and more people were coming back saying, I don't know how to break it down more. I need more support. I need to know how do I break this into week by week so that I'm not overwhelming myself, so I'm not burning myself out, so I can stay focused and not get distracted. And I was like, okay, great. This is something I've been doing internally for myself, with my team for years and years and years. But because I had been running an online business, I was hesitant to turn it into an in-person event at first. So in 2017, following the Plan Your Best Year Ever Challenge, I decided to do a test to do a one-time virtual workshop. Now, I haven't done this in such a long time. Honestly, the last time I had hosted just a one-off workshop where people just paid for those few hours, they weren't paying for a course and they weren't paying for consulting, had been in, I want to say 2013, 
2014. So it had been a lot of years since I had hosted a one-time workshop. And my concern with these things is always, am I using up marketing bandwidth for something that won't pay off? So if I'm hosting a one-time workshop, will it be worth it to me to run that? Um, because the alternative is for me to promote Sweet Spot Strategy or for me to promote one-on-one consulting or for me to promote the CEO Accelerator, one of my higher level offers. So I decided to test it and I tested it in December of 2017. The easiest way for me to test it was to just create a virtual option. So it was a virtual, I believe it was like a three hour workshop that we hosted online and I had a specific process I was walking people through, actually the same process we use in the CEO retreat now, we refined it a little bit, but it worked incredibly well. I found that yes, people will pay to show up and go through this process so that they can walk away with essentially their project management plan for the next 90 days. And it worked so incredibly well that I actually put that virtual workshop for sale for the next couple of months so that even if people couldn't attend live, they could listen through it later and go through the process later. So once I had done that, I kind of left it and didn't think about it. I was like, you know what? This is kind of a beginning of the year thing. I don't really need to worry about this a whole lot more. And at the time in 2017, we had other priorities in the business that we were working on. Well, by the end of 2017, going into September, October, which is when I personally do all my planning for the following year, um, I started thinking about, oh, I really wonder if I could take that and turn it into a one day event. Now in the fall of 2017, I'd actually attended quite a few events and this is kind of my process. If I'm interested in doing something a little differently, if I'm interested in um, trying something, I wanna see how other people in other industries are trying this out. So I went out and attended some events. I traveled quite a bit. I attended um, Denise Duffield Thomas's event when she was in the US. Hey there, Denise, it was so great to see you for that amazing mastermind day that she had in New York City. In fact, I met one of my business BFFs, Tara Newman there, and I thought, wow, this is really great. It was such a wonderful event because she pulled together an amazing room of people And it was actually quite simple. Um, It wasn't a huge training, as in a ton, a ton, a ton of new content. A lot of it was kind of a collaborative work session, which I really, really loved. I also attended another event um, with my friend Amber McHugh. She has this great event called Implement Live. It's part of her freshly implemented program. And I believe she opens it up to Um, other people to join, but she invited me to come as a speaker and I loved seeing how she hosted her one day event. Um, It was great because it was that combination of training because I was a speaker. I actually presented and taught something. It was a combination of training and masterminding and implementation time. So I loved how she hosted that. And in addition, I had attended a few other events. You know, that fall was pretty busy with me attending events. And the best part about putting myself in that position was I got clear on what I liked, what I didn't like, what I wanted to focus on and what just wasn't a fit for me. I got really clear that I wanted a smaller room, that I didn't want to put the pressure on myself to fill a room of 100 people when a room of maybe 20 would really feel good to me. That's what felt best to me when I was in the position that I knew my dream clients would be in. So I knew I wanted smaller rooms. I didn't want a big room. I also knew I didn't want it to be training heavy because one of the challenges I continue to see with big events, especially conference types events, um, training type events, is that often those training heavy events, people walk away with a notebook full of ideas, but no plan for how to implement them. And I didn't want that. I knew that they were already getting that in a lot of different formats. And I'm not here to host like a motivational event. That's not my style. Um, I love teaching and training, but I already have things that do teaching and training. So I wanted my event to be actually minimal teaching and training, but mostly how do we get things down on paper so you are taking everything you want to do, all of your ideas, and turn it into an implementation plan so that you could actually have dates on the calendar and know when you are doing what. So that became my 
idea for the CEO retreat. I was going to take the virtual planning retreat I had hosted before, and I was going to turn it into an in-person event. So we started planning this months before we announced it. We started planning it months before we announced it. And this is really important. Um, this is where the virtual world and the in-person world change quite a bit <laughs> because in the virtual world, you could throw up a workshop that you're hosting next week and it's no big deal. But I find in the in-person world, it takes more time. And this is something that I knew from my previous life as an in-person consultant. I knew as somebody who worked with a lot of local entrepreneurs, um, but you have to remind yourself that in-person events take more time because think about it. People have to travel. They have to um, you know, get on an airplane or get on a train or drive their car. They have to book a hotel. They might have to get childcare sorted out. Like there's a lot of things that go into somebody attending an event beyond just, you know, showing up in their home office. So I wanted to make sure I was giving myself enough time. So as we started in September of 2017, planning our first CEO retreat, we decided that we would host it January 12th, 2018. That was a Friday. No, I decided to do a Friday because personally, I did not want to go into the weekend. I have small children at home and I didn't want to have to give up my whole weekend for this. I felt like a Friday was perfect timing for my people. Um, it's enough that some people could take off and just make it a three-day weekend. I felt like that was a good way to go for me. I also decided I would host it in my hometown of Richmond, Virginia. And the reason for this is, one, I didn't want to have to pay for me to go out there and, you know, get on a plane or book a hotel. Because this was the first one that I was hosting, I was really aware of how much this could potentially cost me. Again, a big difference between virtual and in-person is in-person is going to cost a lot more. The overhead is much higher. So there's a lot higher profit margin on a virtual event when all you have to do is pay for maybe Zoom, right? But if you are hosting an in-person event, you have to find a location that could run anywhere from a few hundred dollars to a thousand dollars or more. You may have to pay for food. You may have to pay for other materials. All of those little things add up very, very quickly. So I wanted to reduce my costs as much as I could and keep it as simple as I could. So that's what I was focused on. I was going to do it in my hometown, a little bit out of the way because Richmond isn't like New York City or Washington, D.C., but I felt comfortable doing that because I had a pretty big um, community already here in Richmond, Virginia, and one of my clients, Shannon Siriano, had just hosted an amazing event called RebelCon in Richmond, Virginia a few months before I was planning to host the CEO retreat. So I felt like I knew that this community was full of amazing entrepreneurs and I would be able to tap into that pretty easily. So how did we start to fill this event that was happening in January? Well, we actually started promoting it in November. So remember I said, we started planning it in September. We started promoting it in November. This is four months out from an event. That's quite a long timeline, a lot longer than I think most people think about when they're planning an event. But I knew that we needed to give ourselves plenty of time so that we wouldn't feel rushed and so that we're giving people who need to travel plenty of time to make that happen. So we started promoting the beginning of November. I started teasing it. I started talking about it. Hey, I'm hosting this one day event. Um, and I had several different things that we did over the coming months, over November and December to fill the January retreat. The first thing I did was, yes, we started promoting early. We started talking about it early. We offered it for the entire month of November, if people joined my online mastermind sweet spot strategy, that they would get a bonus ticket to the event. So that was a great incentive for people to go ahead and join my signature program because then they got a ticket to my in-person event. I also reached out to my community of business BFFs. And this is something I tell my sweet spot strategy clients all the time. Don't forget to ask your biz BFFs to share what you are doing because often they will and often they will even without being paid. You don't necessarily have to go into paid advertising or give everybody a commission. A lot of times if they love you and they love your work and you're just letting them know, hey, I'm doing this new thing, they're happy to share about it. So we made a list of you know our top 10 to 15 people who are our super fans, who are our business BFFs, who love the work that we're doing. 
and asked them to share about it. That was huge because suddenly people were talking about it on social media. People were sharing um, in their newsletters. They were talking about it a lot. So we made sure to ask people to share. Along the same lines, we also comped a few tickets to people who we knew would share it with their communities. And we also wanted to thank people who were our super fans. So there are quite a few people in my community who I, I never can thank them enough. They are the people who are always sharing the new challenges and the new trainings and the articles or the content I create that is their favorite. So those were a few people, our super fans, people who were regularly sharing our work with other people in their audiences who are out there naturally marketing for us. I was like, who are those super fans? I want to comp a few tickets because I really would love them to attend this event. And that was huge because they were really excited to come meet me in person. They of course shared it with their audiences and that had a, you know, amazing kind of ripple effect throughout the course of the year. So we started promoting in early November. We offered it as a bonus. We talked to our business BFFs. We comped a few tickets to people who we felt would share it more. Another thing we did was over Thanksgiving in 2017, we hosted a Thanksgiving special. So I'm not a big um, person who does sales. You'll never really see me do sales of any of my offers, my coaching, my courses, anything like that. I am not a discount type of person. But what we did was a bonus added um, Thanksgiving special. So over Thanksgiving from, I believe it was Thanksgiving until the following Monday. So it gave people, you know, four or five days to make a decision. We offered a bonus prep call. So it was like a bonus coaching call for anybody who joined us. And that was great because anytime we run a promotion, we just know that whenever you have a deadline, whenever there's a reason for people to take action now instead of later, they're more likely to commit. So we saw a great number of people coming through um, during that Thanksgiving special. The entire month of November, by the way, we were also running the Plan Your Best Year Ever Challenge. And again, we still have this, you guys. It's one of our favorite things to run this time of year. So make sure if you haven't checked it out, you go join this five-day challenge. Um, it's all updated to help you plan for 2019. But we were running this all through the month of November 2017. We ran the Thanksgiving special. We continued to talk about it through um, December of 2017. The entire month of December, we were promoting the CEO retreat, but in a very kind of laid back way. Unlike a virtual launch where everything's happening in like a super condensed timeline um, of maybe a week or two, because this was an in-person event, I knew that people needed time to make a decision. So I aligned all my content with the CEO retreat. I made sure that the month of December, we were talking about things that would help people decide if, if they needed to take that next step and join us for this in-person event. So we were talking about things like, how do you do your model calendar? How do you make time for the most important work in your business? How do you set yourself up for success? What kind of habits do you need to build? All of those pieces of content in the weeks leading up to the CEO retreat were super aligned with the content. And if you didn't check out my episode all about how I plan my content strategy, you might want to go check that one out because that's exactly what I do. Whenever I'm planning content, it is leading up to whatever that offer is. So one thing that we didn't anticipate happening um, for the CEO retreat was we had a lot of people who are in our existing community who are already paid clients who really wanted to attend. And like I said, I'm not a huge discount person, um, but one of the things that is also something I have been working on a lot is I tend to be a chronic over-deliverer. So it's one thing to over-deliver because you want people to have an amazing experience, but where I get stuck is I keep giving and giving and giving and giving and never give people an opportunity to actually reinvest with me, which is a huge problem for most businesses, right? Like we want that lifetime customer value. We'd want people to take the next step and continue to invest in working with us. So I had to make the choice 
and I'm so glad that I did, that yes, my existing students were going to pay for a ticket to the event. It wasn't just going to be comped to everybody, um, especially because it was an in-person event. I needed to be able to afford to run the event. So we were going to have it available for sale for our existing students, but they had a special student price, which saved them $100 off of the original ticket price of $2.97. That was something that I'll talk about in the lessons learned, but it helped us to get a great mixture of people who'd never been in my programs and people who were already in my programs and loved doing um, this type of work with me. So what else happened in this whole thing leading up to the first event in January? Well, a few weeks before we um, had the event, the event was January 12th, Going towards the end of December, um, we ended up getting so many people saying, I can't come to Richmond, Virginia. Is there any way you'll do a virtual option? And I was really hesitant. And I was really hesitant. My instincts, I'll talk about this in the lessons learned, um, were right on for this. I was nervous about the technology of it um, simply because I would be in an event space and you never know what could or couldn't go wrong there. I was nervous about how would we handle that. It brought up a lot of things that made me a little nervous, but I did decide to do it. So we decided to do a virtual option where we would stream people in. It was literally the simplest setup on the planet. I had a Zoom room. We already use Zoom, love Zoom, it's awesome. Um, I had an extra long mic cable and I had my amazing business manager, Amber Kinney, who flew to Richmond to be with me for the weekend. And she actually was the person in charge of manning the laptop to handle questions and support those who were streaming in virtually. So about two and a half, three weeks before the event, we announced a virtual option. And I'm so glad that we did because at the end of the day, when we wrapped the event, we had 35 people in the room live in person and we had 22 virtual which was amazing. Our first event, we had over 50 people joining in and participating. I was blown away. I was absolutely blown away um, by that. And I was so, so grateful. It really moved me to be in that room full of amazing, amazing people. So over the year, um, as we wrapped that event, and again, I'm going to go into more lessons in just a second, but what ended up happening is after that first one day event, um, people started asking, when's the next event? And I had made the mistake, the assumption that teaching this once would be enough, that once I taught people this process, because it is very much a process you can rinse and repeat, I was like, well, once I teach them the process, they don't need me anymore. They can do it themselves. That was such a huge mistake on my part, such a huge assumption on my part. What I have learned is that even though people know how to do something doesn't mean they're going to do it on their own. Often what they're really paying you for, whether it's, you know, to attend a one day event or to hire a coach or to work with a personal trainer or to work with a nutritionist or whatever, it's because they need the accountability. What they're really paying for is the accountability because once they have paid, they know they will carve that time out in their calendar and they will make it happen. They will actually do the planning that they need to do. So it was forcing them to stay accountable. It was forcing them to make the time to work on their business. And what I heard over and over and over again from people from that first event in January is, I know I need to do this. I just never make the time. And when you made this available, I was like, I need to sign up. Otherwise, I know I won't make the time this year. So I moved to quarterly retreats after that. And once the feedback started coming in from the January retreat, I knew we had something really cool on our hands that we needed to pursue. So we did a retreat in April that was virtual only. And that was really because at that point, I did not have the um, planning ready to set up a, an in-person retreat. I just simply didn't have the timeline to find a location, to figure it all out. I just knew that virtual was going to be the easiest way to go about it. So April was a virtual only CEO retreat. August, I decided to split up live and virtual. We decided to go to Washington DC in August. I'm so glad we did. It was such an amazing venue that we had. I'll talk about that more in the lessons learned. Um, but we did a live CEO retreat in DC on a Friday. And the following Wednesday, I did the virtual. And the biggest reason why I split this up was 
one, we still had a huge demand for people wanting to do the virtual option. But one of the things I found hosting the CEO retreat in January, where I was both live and virtual at the same time, was I was a little stressed and overwhelmed because I felt like my attention was just spread too thin. And even though I had a team member there checking in and chatting with people, um, for me energetically, it just felt like a little too much. So I decided to split the two and that way I could be 100% present with the people in the room and 100% present with the people who were joining me virtually. That ended up being a great decision and I'm so glad that I did that in August. I repeated that in December. I hosted a live event in LA earlier this month and then the following week I hosted a virtual event. Big lesson learned there for me was um, it's a lot further for me to get to LA than just to DC and I didn't plan in enough downtime for myself. So we ended up over the course of the year over the course of the year, hosting four quarterly events. Um, one, January, was live and virtual on the same day and time. April was virtual only. August was live on a Friday and then virtual on a Wednesday. And then December was live on a Friday and virtual the following Friday, so a week later. Over the course of this year, it has hands down become one of the most amazing things I have done. Nothing has has really gotten me more inspired than being in the room with these amazing women and hearing from them and talking to them. Um, it has re-inspired me, re-motivated me in a lot of ways in my business that I didn't really anticipate. But it wasn't you know, it wasn't all sunshine and, and unicorns and rainbows. There was a lot of work and a lot of lessons that went into hosting an event that went into hosting this type of event. So I have a checklist here that I want to share with you of some things that we took away in case you're wondering if you should host an event for yourself. So one thing that we did that was really great from the beginning, um, we decided the locations we were going to use needed to be affordable. This is something that I was worried about because previously in my previous life, finding locations can be very expensive. Um, if you go to a traditional, you know, hotel ballroom situation or a lot of conference rooms 10 years ago, that was all you could really do. There weren't like a lot of locations where you could host this type of event. Well, fast forward to 2018 and there's a lot of amazing spaces that you can rent. We found that the spaces that work best for us are looking into either co-working spaces or a company called Breather. And I have a code, I'm gonna pop it in the show notes for you guys in, to save you some money if you want to use Breather. One of the things I loved, we used a co-working space in Richmond, Virginia. It was actually a um, company here locally called Paisley and Jade. So not technically a co-working space. They are a space that has a huge workshop area that they traditionally use for a lot of photographers. And that's how I found it. Some of my photographer friends had used the space um, for creative workshops. And Paisley and Jade does furniture rentals for events and weddings and photography and all sorts of things. So they were able to furnish the space so we didn't have to pay for rentals of any kind, as in furniture rentals, we just had to pay for the space. And that ended up being a great fit for us. Um, I believe for the day, it was it came out to about $800 for the day, which was totally affordable um, for what we wanted to do. The space ended up being beautiful, and we kept it really simple by using that kind of space. The best thing about working with um, kind of a smaller independent company like that compared to a hotel where there might be food and beverage costs, um, minimums that you have to make, which is one of the things that makes those so darn expensive. They were like, hey, bring in whatever catering you want, totally fine. So that made it more affordable for us. We didn't have other minimums we had to make. They were willing to work with us. Um, it worked out really well. We ended up finding out about another company for our later retreats in August and in December from a friend of mine who told me about Breather, which is kind of like an Airbnb for um, co-working spaces, for conference rooms, that type of thing. They're beautifully designed. You can see some of the photos we have. They're just really cute, um, well-designed spaces, lots of natural light, perfectly set up for events of this size where you might have anywhere from 
They have spaces from 10 people all the way up to 30 or 50 people. That ended up working great. And one of the things that worked really well for us using Breather, and one of the reasons that we're choosing the cities we're going to is because of Breather, because they are so flexible. So this is huge. A lot of spaces you have to pay in advance. So you are already paying for the event even before, you know, months before the event has happened. But with Breather, you don't actually have to pay until right before the event, which ended up working for us really well. It kind of alleviated that stress of cash flow. We were able to make sure we could pay for the space and we weren't really out a lot of money prior to hosting the event. So location-wise, check out co-working spaces, check out independent um, spaces that maybe host creative workshops in your area, and check out Breather, especially if you're willing to go to a major city like New York or DC or LA, San Francisco, Chicago, um, they're in all of those major cities and have been really great to work with. The other lesson learned for us was around food and snacks. Now, this is something that, again, I didn't necessarily have to take on the expense for this. But when I attended all these other events, I noted the difference between events that provided the food um, and made sure that people could kind of all stay together versus events where you had to go off on your own and figure it out. And the biggest benefit to keeping everyone in the room is everyone stays in the room. There's nothing worse than trying to get people back on track and back into what you're trying to do together and they're distracted because they're still eating. So I knew that this was going to be something we were going to take on. We were going to go ahead and cover food and beverage, but we kept it really simple. Um, My team reached out, found local catering companies or local cafes that could bring in things like salads and sandwiches and coffee and all of that. And it ended up working out really well. One thing we have noticed is that for the number of people that we've had anywhere from, you know, 20 to 35 people in a room, you're going to spend a good amount on food. So just keep that in mind when you're pricing yourself. Um, The first event, I did not keep this in mind very well. By the time you add up coffee and tea and waters and snacks and lunch and everything else, you know, cookies, anything else you want to have, you might be spending upwards of you know, $50 per person on all of those little things. So you really have to think about this and plan it into your budget for an in-person event. In my opinion, though, it definitely made sense for us to do that because we could keep people in the room. The other thing, the other big expense is materials and any swag that you might want to have. So one of the things I knew I wanted to do, um, especially for the live in-person event, was I wanted to have a workbook. I, in the previous, when we tried it as a virtual event, um, had just a Google Doc, and that works really well for a virtual event. But personally, I am a pen to paper type of gal. I like to plan on paper. So the first event, um, we actually I actually, my husband actually, printed out the workbook. Um, I believe he bought out like all of Walmart's stock of small, these are half inch binders. These are actually my favorite because they're all in color and I like the binder, but it was very time intensive for us to put this together. We went through a lot of ink. I did not actually track cost per binder, um, but I would estimate by the time we did it all ourselves, we're looking at maybe eight to ten dollars per binder. And that's pretty intensive. Um, And because we had so many, it was just a lot to transport. I realized that if we were going anywhere else, I needed to make this easier on myself. So, and I'm reaching to grab, um, we ended up moving to, you know, just a simpler version of that, a spiral bound one, which was less expensive and we could ship them easier, um, which became something we did. So keep in mind, if you're doing workbooks, you have to consider the expense of that. Even if you plan to print it yourself, those things add up. Those things add up really quickly. We also decided to do um, some post-its because part of the process for the CEO retreat is I call post-it planning. So we had branded post-its, just use something like Vista print. These were not super expensive, but again, these little things all add up. And the first event, we also decided, because we thought this was a one-off thing, um, we got mugs for everybody. You can see I use it as my pen mug on my desk. You've probably seen me with this mug before, um, but we ordered these off of, I think, discountmugs.com. That was also um, probably not my favorite because over the course of the year, the letters have chipped off, especially the ones that I actually use for coffee. Um, So I would probably not use that company. 
But all of that to say, by the time you add up not only the cost of the location, by the time you add in food and beverages and snacks and water and your print materials and any swag you might want to have, you might realize that, whoa, it's actually costing you close to $100 per person just for them to be in the room. And that's what we realized very quickly. Um, and, oh, I didn't even add on top of that. This was when I didn't have to travel anywhere for the event. I had one team member coming in. So they were traveling. I was paying for their travel and hotel and food and all of that stuff. Um, but I knew that if I was going to have to travel anywhere, I needed to change some things around because it was the pricing was way too low. And we had to figure that out for the next ones. And we did, we raised the prices on those. Um, we went from 297 to a 497 early bird and a 697 regular price, which is more appropriate to what the value of the event is, but also how much it actually costs for us to put it on, especially when we have to travel, when I have to travel or the team has to travel. So other things that we have learned over the course of the year, um, we did have a lot of requests after that January event for a Facebook group. And at first I said, I don't need another Facebook group. I already had a couple Facebook groups for Sweet Spot Strategy, for my accelerator clients, for Get More Clients, another program I have. I was like, I don't need another Facebook group to manage. But I ended up you know, giving into that one by the time we came around to April, um, I realized people wanted to connect more before and after. Now, one of the mistakes I made was trying to turn that into like a three month coaching program, which just became too much for me. And honestly, because so many of the people attending the retreat, at least half or more were already in sweet spot strategy. It was getting a little confusing for them when they had too many places to go get support. So what we've decided to do moving forward is there will just be a pop-up Facebook group leading up to the event so people can connect and get to know each other prior to the event um, and kind of to wrap up afterwards, but it'll close down. It'll only be open for like a six week window instead of trying to keep it open and offer additional support on top of that. Things that we learned around timeline. Um, as I mentioned, when I was talking about the first event in January, we started planning that in September. We signed the contract for the space in September. Um, we started promoting it in November. So by the time we got to January, it was like a four month lead up and we were figuring everything out as we go. Now, by the time I got to April, I didn't decide I was going to do the April one until March. <laughs> so I really only gave myself three or four weeks to attempt to fill that virtual one. And what I realized is while three or four weeks is fine for an on-demand program, like get more clients or sweet spot strategy where people can jump in and get what they need at any point because all the content's there for them. When it comes to a workshop, people need time to actually plug stuff into their calendar. And that's what I heard is, oh, I didn't have time or, oh, this fell on our spring break or, oh, you know, I need a little bit more heads up so that I can adjust my calendar and make it for that live time for a live workshop. So I realized we needed to make sure that we have at least eight weeks leading up to each CEO retreat for our promotional timeline. Now, keep in mind, again, that doesn't mean like eight weeks of solid pitch, 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 but that means over eight weeks, we need to make sure we're talking about the CEO retreat. We're clear about when the early bird deadlines are. Um, if we need to do anything else to incentivize people to join us for the CEO retreat, like we need all of those dates on a calendar. So we're giving plenty of time for that lead up. Promoting the CEO retreat, a few things that we learned about this. Um, again, so different from promoting a virtual event or an online course, just because there's more involved for other people in order to get there. So in August, we knew, again, we needed a longer timeline. So we gave ourselves a longer timeline, at least eight weeks through July and August to promote that particular CEO retreat in Washington, DC. We did a lot of the same things, but one of the big things we did was we added in a webinar um, at the beginning of August, I believe it was like August 1st or August 2nd for an August 24th CEO retreat. And by having that three weeks in advance, um, right when we were coming up to our early bird pricing deadline, it gave people that little nudge that they needed to take action now instead of waiting. We did the kind of similar thing in November going into the December retreat. We decided we were going to go ahead in November, run plan your best year ever. Again, if you haven't checked it out, go check it out. It's an amazing, amazing challenge at rachelcook.com. You can still sign up for the plan your best year ever challenge. 
And we went ahead and made sure we had plenty of timeline for people to join us. Um, we announced the plan your best year ever challenge right before the early bird deadline. So it gave people that opportunity to get some content, to get some value, to get some clarity. And then they learned that the early bird was coming up pretty quickly. So they had to make a decision on whether or not they were going to go ahead and join us. And we found most people join by the early bird deadline. So we make sure that our early bird deadline is about um, three to four weeks before the event. That's so important, especially for in-person events, because you probably have expenses you need to pay in advance or deposits you need to pay in advance. So that kind of alleviates some of the cash flow stress there. Other promo that we did was really successful. Again, still reaching back to our business BFFs, still letting people know the next CEO retreat was coming up. Um, we also did a whole bunch of Insta story takeovers where I asked people who had attended the event to literally just record on their phone like a one minute, hey, what did you take away from the CEO retreat? And I would repost those onto Insta stories. Instagram has become one of my favorite platforms. Many of you guys know, follow me over there at rachel.cook. And I would make sure, especially in the weeks leading up to the early bird, that I was sharing an Insta story takeover every few days with an actual attendee saying, hey, this is why I attended. This is what I got out of it. Here's what's happened since then. And we started hearing amazing results. We got a great Insta story takeover um, from Margaret Cogswell talking about how she had her first 5K month in the 90 days following the CEO retreat. Um, we had another person share about how she got two book proposals from Teresa Reed. We just had so many great things that came out of those. And again, because it was a new way to share a testimonial that I think people really connected to. That worked really well. And the final lesson learned um, was around sales in general. So I was actually surprised about this. I guess I thought because I already give so much to Sweet Spot Strategy, I didn't know if they would want to come to an in-person event. But I saw over and over and over again that when I gave those members an opportunity to join me for an in-person thing, over half of the room for the CEO retreat were people already in my programs. In fact, um, December was almost all people who were already in Sweet Spot Strategy. It was a real aha moment for me um, because, like I said, I tend to be the chronic over-deliverer and don't always think, oh, I should make this something that people have to pay for, <laughs> especially if they're already in a program. Um, so it actually became the catalyst for me earlier this uh, fall to start thinking about, okay, what's next for Sweet Spot Strategy? People are wanting more from me. They're showing me they want more from me. They weren't coming not only to one CEO retreat, but to two or three. or We have several people who attended a CEO retreat every single quarter this year. Um, I probably need to send them like a little trophy, like CEO retreat uh, first class. I don't know, something. I need a little trophy for those people because they just are amazing that they showed up to do this work again and again and again with me. Um, so it made me think I need the next step. And that was a huge opportunity for me and my business. So we're rolling out a new program called Sweet Spot Society just for Sweet Spot Strategy alumni who've already gone through the program and who are looking for that next step with me. So that's pretty awesome, a new opportunity to continue to grow my business. So what is next for 2019? Well, the CEO retreat is not going anywhere. Um, this has become one of the most fun things. I can't even tell you how surprised I am by this. Maybe just because I got into such a rhythm with having a 100% online business where I didn't have to go meet people in person, but it has been incredible. I am so amazed and it has honestly helped me see a bigger vision for my business and for myself. Um, I think I have been in the place where I have reached so many of my goals personally and professionally that I was kind of coasting a little bit and I'll, I'll, own, I'll own up to that. I was coasting a little bit. Um, and not really dreaming very big for myself or the impact I could make. But the minute that I got in front of this room full of women and they were sharing with me the impact of working with me in Sweet Spot Strategy, or they shared with me later the impact of being in that room and meeting other people, I started realizing, wow, okay, I really am doing great work in this world. And I know that might sound silly, but even I have those doubts, like, does this really matter? Does anybody really care? Um, are people really getting anything out of this? I have those doubts all the time. 
And when I heard from people again and again and again, and was literally like getting hugs from women and taking pictures with them and having them share the results coming out of this, I was like, wow, I need to step it up. It is time for me to go out there and share this work in a bigger way. So for me, it has been such a big catalyst in kind of dreaming the next big vision for myself and for my business and for the impact that I want to make. So it is definitely a part of what's coming for 2019. We have planned them through the year. We have the next one coming up in March here in Richmond, Virginia, one in June, which I believe will be in Chicago. So we have a Midwest city. We'll be in New York City in September. And then in December, we will back out on the West Coast in San Francisco. We're really, really excited to be running a whole new round of these. Um, and I can't wait. I just can't wait to get to know more of the women in this way and actually have the opportunity to get to know more people up close and personal, being able to give you a hug and a high five as you go through this process. So I hope this was helpful. Um, a lot of info. I know this is a longer show than normal, but I wanted to really get into what we've learned and what this whole process has looked like creating the CEO retreat. Like I said, at the very top of the show, I think this is a trend that is worth exploring if you have been in the online space for any length of time, um, simply because I am seeing people crave that connection. I am seeing people uh, crave being able to sit in a room with other people just like them. And if you're able to come up with an event that can become something your community can come together around, it is just so incredibly powerful. Um, seeing women come in the door who had the opportunity to meet each other for the first time, even though they've known each other online for six months or a year or sometimes even longer, is just incredible to me. Um, being able to see the connections in the months following, like seeing people on each other's podcasts or um, sharing each other's work or sh forming their own little mini masterminds, that has been incredible to me. So I think this is a trend that um, is about to really bubble up in the next year or two. If you run an online business, you might consider it. I think it's something definitely worth considering. If you are someone who values connection and community, you know, it can make a huge difference for you. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode, a long one, a lot of takeaways, um, but I can't wait to hear from you. If you have any questions about the CEO retreat, don't hesitate to leave a comment over on Facebook or Instagram. Let me know what you think. I would love to support you um, in creating your own one day event. And of course, if you want to learn more about the CEO retreat, just head over to my website, rachelcook.com to get all of the details for the upcoming 2019 CEO retreats. Thanks again for being here. I can't wait to talk to you again coming into the last episode for 2018. I'll see you in the next episode for Uncomplicate Your Business next week. Okay, take care.